grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from 1 Corinthians. Jews demand miraculous signs. Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Your friends of Christ, I watched a movie. Um, it was about Madame Marie Curie. Now, it's called Radioactive, and of course, she and her husband, back in the 1800s, were the ones who discovered uh, a couple of elements, and very dangerous elements, and she, and it, the that eventually you know, became radioactive type of stuff. Uh, she was the first woman to win the Nobel Prize. And she was the first person ever to win the Nobel Prize twice. Uh, once for uh, physics and the first time, and then second time for chemistry. Um, her daughter later won a Nobel Prize too for radioactive material and putting it all together. So this, this was an amazing woman, and of course what they did is they discovered something very powerful, radioactivity. And because they were dealing with something so powerful and so dangerous, both she and her husband were greatly affected health-wise. Uh, you know, it's, it's the type of uh, element that created the atom bomb and destroyed Hiroshima. That's powerful stuff. Well, this morning I want to talk about something far more powerful. Last week we talked about it, and we're going to talk about it again because it's Lent. And of course, it's appropriate to talk about the power of the cross. The comfort of the cross last week, the power of the cross this week. And it's the power of the cross that makes our souls live forever with God. Oh, your soul's going to live forever when God created it, souls live forever. But it's the power of the cross that enables souls to live eternally in the presence of God in heaven. All the rest, well, they don't get to live with the Lord forever in heaven. The cross is powerful. The cross and the empty tomb, powerful instruments in the hand of the Lord. And so this morning, we want to consider that as our theme, the power of the cross. You know, God wants all eyes focused on the cross. That's why during Lent we put out our cross. All eyes focused on the cross. And, and the Apostle Paul wanted people, when he visited that worldly city, and it was a worldly city, it was a wealthy city, Corinth, and when he visited that city, he had a message for them. He told them that no matter how wealthy you are, no matter how worldly you are, matter of fact, the more wealthy, the more worldly, you need to keep your eyes on the cross. This is what he wrote. I did not come to you with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So what was Paul's plan to deal with this congregation in Corinth to help them through troubling times? Because this church was having a tough time. He planned to redirect their eyes to the cross. If that's Paul's plan, it might behoove us to make it our plan as well. You know, the Corinthian church had many problems. Most congregations do. Those, Old Test those early congregations weren't any different. There were personality conflicts in the congregation. There were people who wanted power. There, 
There were moral failures. A man sleeping, uh, a son sleeping with his father's wife. They abused the Lord's Supper and did not take it worthily, in a worthily fashion. There were even some of them who denied the bodily resurrection, that our bodies aren't going to rise in the grave. And how did Paul deal with all that? Well, Paul called them to repent. He called them to turn, to come back to God, and he said, in order to do that, you need to put your eyes on the cross. All eyes on the cross. He pointed them from that source from which they came to Jesus, and he redirected them to that cross so that they can return to Jesus. Did you know the largest churches, the largest churches in the world today, in America, worship over 40,000 people a Sunday. That's a lot of people. And these churches, they claim to be Christian, and they talk about God, they even quote Scripture, but you won't find a cross in the front of their church. They don't have a cross standing in the front of their church. You'll see a large auditorium. You'll see screens and you'll see inspirational images, but seldom see a cross. The messages also fail to focus on Jesus' death and resurrection. They also fail to focus on our sin and the need for a cross. Instead, they usually talk about how to make yourself a better person, which in and of itself isn't a bad message. We all need to be better people. It just isn't the cross. And here's the question to ponder. What if their pastors started preaching Christ crucified? the way Paul did. Well, I can tell you what would happen to those congregations. They'd start to shrink. There'd be a mass exodus. You know, I'm so thankful for the word of Scripture this morning because during Lent they call us to focus our eyes back on the blessed cross of our Lord. It's the power of the cross, the power of forgiveness, the power of life, the power of hope, the power of His love, the power of salvation. And God tells us, I want you to turn here to this power that can be found nowhere else in the universe. It's a power that's only found here. Unfortunately, so many people fail to realize that power. And that's why many believers think that the cross is foolishness. The message of the cross is foolishness. Our text says Jews demand miraculous signs, and Greeks, they look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Greeks look for wisdom. Hmm. You know, the Greeks get all caught up in the pursuit of knowledge. Let's get more knowledge and we'll figure out where we came from. Let's get more knowledge and we'll figure out where we as a people are going. We just need more information. We just need more knowledge. And as soon as we get more knowledge, then we'll know all things. Sounds a lot like our people today. And when Paul arrived in the marketplace of Corinth, he was met with philosophers who spent all day long talking, talking, and talking, and talking about the philosophies of the day. 
Paul said, Men of Athens, I observe that you're very religious in all respects. These people were very religious people. But they did not have salvation. They did not have Jesus. They did not have the power of the cross. Their souls were not saved. Today the world's like that. Very religious. Very spiritual. And they worried about their bodies and they're worried about the condition of their soul and, and, and is their body and their soul or is it in harmony? And Oh, they talk about that kind of stuff all day long, but but they deny the cross. They deny Jesus and the power of the cross. They deny that they're sinners in need of a Savior. They deny Christ. And, and they want God, but they want God on their own terms. They want a human-manipulated God. You know, today people are still seeking for their own wisdom, for their own knowledge. Such people call themselves rational, or they call themselves scientific. But these rational human beings hate the cross. These rational human beings hate Christians and think that the preaching of the cross is foolishness and complete nonsense. The Greeks were different than the Jews. The Jews, well, they, went, they ran after signs and wonders. They wanted signs and wonders, and every child that grew up, every Jewish child who grew up, grew up learning about Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. Every child, every Jewish boy and girl knew about David and Goliath and all the wonderful stories of God's might among His people, the awesome wonders that God had done. And the, and the, and the Jewish people were, were drawn to signs and wonders like a moth is drawn to fire. People today are still looking for signs and wonders. Well, they don't want to be told that they're sinners in need of a cross. The people today are no different from the Jews in Jesus' day. You know, when Jesus came and He showed up on the scene performing miracles, the people flocked to Him. Signs and wonders, miracles and amazing stuff. And they showed up because they wanted to see the next great thing God would do. And then after Jesus fed the people with 5,000 5, men with five loaves of bread and two fish, they wanted to make Him king by force. <laughs> Can you imagine that kind of power? If you could make Him the President of the United States? Can you imagine that if He used His power that He could do with his miracles, and, and use that to a better purpose, for a national purpose. Can you imagine what Jesus could do, what his power could do to his enemies? Can you imagine what a weapon Jesus could be? What kind of damage he could do to the enemy? Well, the people imagined it too. And the people thought that Jesus could use his power for that kind of thing. Jesus had a different idea. He thought it might be wiser to put his power in a piece of wood. To put his power into a cross. The instrument. The people didn't want that. That's not what they wanted. And not much has changed today. People still deny, deny 
the power of Jesus' cross. They still reject the miracle of His saving power. The Jews wanted nothing to do with the Savior who Isaiah had prophesied would be wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And the cross literally became a stumbling block to them. They stumbled over the cross. They stumbled over its power. You know that word stumbling, block? It means a trigger on a trap. I want you to think about a mouse trap. You know, the mouse eats the cheese that's on the trigger. The trigger snaps shut, and the mouse dies. How is the cross the trigger trap? Because if people stumble over it, they're stuck in their sins forever. There's eternal suffering, eternal pain, eternal death, and they're trapped in it forever. And the cross is a a trap, a stumbling block. Paul understood that. He He understood that the cross was not met well from the people that he was talking to. The world hates the cross. The world hates Jesus. and The world hates Christians. Paul was beheaded because of his preaching about Jesus. His relentless preaching about the cross. Listen, if you want to make people mad, tell them that their sins are unacceptable to God. Let them know these Ten Commandments that we read in Exodus. Read those off and say, you want to know what kind of good person you are? Have you ever cheated? Have you ever lied? Then you're a liar. Have you ever, have you ever cheated? Then you're a thief. Have you ever, do you go to worship a lot? Or do you use God's name in vain? Then you are a, a blasphemer of God. A mocker of God. An insolent God-mocker, a liar, and a cheat. And that's just three of them. Point them to those commandments and see how they feel about themselves. And if you want to make them really mad, tell them they have to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved. Tell them they need the power of the cross or their souls will be lost for all eternity. And they'll say, what right do you have to tell me about what's going to happen to my soul? Who do you think you are? God? What's my wisdom? The Jews search for signs and wonders. What do we do? Search for wisdom, search for signs and wonders? Well, let's be brutally honest. I think that we have a problem, a sin problem, and and it's called the eye disease. Now, I'm not talking about an eye disease here. It's one that prevents me from seeing the cross clearly. The eye disease. And if you're like me, I find myself getting all wrapped up in myself. <laughs> I become the center of my existence. I play little games with my God. Instead of being honest and confessing my sin, I hide my sin and I, I pretend my sin isn't so offensive to my God. Though I know Christ is most important, I live as if He's not. 
However, as a believer in Christ, I know it's not about me. I know, I know it's all about Jesus. I, you know, we know that. I know it's all about the power of the cross, and yet I slip right again into my sinful way of thinking. The eye disease. I think too much about myself. And I worry about all the things that I need to worry about. And I'm concerned about all the things that I need to be concerned about. And I I make excuse for myself, excuses for my sin. Much too easily, I justify myself. And I justify myself, my self-belief, saying I, 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 and me, me, me. And I, in fact, I, I defend my wrongs as right. But if our cry is to be I and me, maybe our cry should be, O Lord, I am a lost and condemned creature. Have have mercy upon me, O Lord, a sinner. Let me glory in the cross and in the victory of Christ's death and resurrection. And take me to the power of the cross. Only with the eyes of faith. Only with the eyes of faith do we look at the cross and see its power. Only through the eyes of faith can we look at the cross and see the power living in us. Dwelling in us. Revealing itself in us. Only in faith do we see the miracle of what God sees and God knows that He's done for your soul as all of your iniquity was laid on Jesus. Oh, indeed, the atom bomb is a powerful, powerful thing. Radioactive material can do miraculous things, but they pale in comparison to the power that the Lord exhibited on the cross. Do you see it? When God created our world, He called all things into existence in a, in a moment with His voice. However, you want to see God's power in full effect, His might in full force, look to the cross. Here you see an even more amazing display of His power. God dying to save sinners. By a miracle, a miracle, God transfers everything that you've ever done wrong and places it on Jesus. It's just like a sponge that soaks up water. Jesus Christ soaks up all the sin of the world. He absorbed all that sin and all that wickedness. And He made a proper payment for them. So as you continue your Lenten journey with Jesus Treasure these words. Christ, the power of God. Christ, the wisdom of God. Your human body is an amazing, amazing display of God's power. Did you know as you're sitting here listening to me this morning that your heart is pumping blood through 90,000 miles of blood vessels and and to feed billions of cells within your body. 
And at the same time, food is being taken from your stomach for energy, and oxygen is taken from your lungs to give you the ability to live. It gives you life. Even still amazing. God has connected you to life through the power of His cross. And through faith, He's delivered power to save your soul. Full payment has been made for all your sins and that payment has been delivered to you. That life has been delivered to you and that power is yours. The power of the cross alive in you. Fix your eyes on it. Fix your eyes on it and look at the cross and exclaim, there, that's the story of my life. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.